I am now on Kofi.com, which is a platform that is completely free um, for myself as a podcaster to accept donations, basically. So very, very small donations, as if you were buying me a drink. Um, I think you can donate £4 or you can make up your own donations. Obviously, this takes quite a lot of time, quite a lot of effort, and I love doing it. But sometimes you need a little bit of a financial... uh, what's the word, like a crutch, I suppose. Um, I'm not expecting to make millions and millions of pounds from this, but it would be really awesome if someone could um, sort of help me along the way, I suppose. Obviously, all the money that I earn from this podcast, I put straight back into the podcast, or I actually buy stuff from my sponsors. Um, So yeah, if you fancy that, then it's ko-fi.com. So ko com forward slash Absolute Bedlam Podcast. And only donate if you can donate. Only donate what you can and if you can. I can't express that enough. Um, don't try to give me too much and then ruin yourself financially. That's not what this is about. This is just about me keeping the, uh, the steam in the uh, machine, as I suppose. Yeah, enough waffling. Here's the episode. So we've just wrapped um, for the episode you're about to watch, um, which has been, I think it's safe to say, a bit of an emotional roller coaster. And fucking, and I swear I'm really early on it, but fucking <laughs> really um, inspirational, motivational, and. Um, a journey to say the least so whether you're watching this mm. on my channel or Business Belfield on the Isolation Booth podcast whether you're watching this on Absolute Bedlam podcast whether you're watching listening to this on Spotify however you take your fucking podcast um, really take it in guys because this next guest has been an absolute luxury to have him on and um, fuck yeah I don't think I've got any more words Ben yeah he's the first person we've spoken to that's given us his mobile number he's been available for us the entire time He's been very receptive to what we've asked him. We've asked him before what questions he's happy are being asked. And he's like, mate, I'm f- fucking game for anything. I didn't give a shit. Like, ask me what my blood type is. I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, he's got a lot to say. And every time we tried to give him credit, he batted it back. Yeah. And that was even when we weren't recording. Yeah, it's amazing. And so um, it's not red light syndrome where he's just being nice on camera. It's It's genuine. It's heavy. Yeah, and um, some of the topics we touch on uh, during this episode are pretty um, intense, and you know I learned all some things that I've spoken about on the channel before. And um, this guy on camera and off camera has offered me his ear, his shoulder whenever I need it, and you know that's fucking incredible. What a yeah. human being! So um, strap yourselves in, guys. Get yourself a nice, nice cold one ready. Um, you're just about to sit back and watch Absolute Bedlam versus TIVP. Yeah. Um, yeah with Mr. Steve Nichols. If this doesn't inspire you, then I don't know what will. Go see a fucking head shrinker. Head shrinker? Yeah. Go see a psychiatrist. You know what I mean, guys. But yeah, Steve Nichols. And we are back. Benjamin. Well, hey. This has been a long time coming. How's it going? Fucking ass, man. Back again. Together again. Back again. Now we're back together. You had to pull out Jason Donovan, eh? That's Kylie Minogue, actually. It's better both. I think that's both. But um, we are back. This is uh, a collab. A collab. A collab. 
collab, if you will, yep. um, of the Isolation Booth podcast and Absolute, Absolute Bedlam, Bedlam podcast, podcast together, unifying symmetry. Symmetry? Sy- symmetry? Not symmetry. I want to do an X. Like, X gone, give it to you. Hey, but ben won't survive in prison, so I don't think that's going to flog the handles. But before we uh, get too far down this gravy train, we are joined this evening. We are very lucky. We are. Very lucky to very. be joined this evening by um, a man that for most of I think really, um, certainly anyone in, in our age range is going to need much of an introduction to Mr. Steve Nichols. Yeah. Steve, how you doing? How you doing? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say lucky, like... <laughs> Give it five minutes. How are you all doing? Yeah, yeah, we're good, man. Yeah. Well, Ben supplied yeah, thank, the, uh, thank the beers, so we're, do- we're doing pretty good. We've got some uh, yeah, yeah. Seven Brothers Juicy IPA going on here. And I'll tell you what, this is a pretty magical one to time. Yeah, man. It's pretty it's good. good. Oh, yeah, you're down yeah, south, aren't you? So you drink all that fruity stuff. Yeah, man. To be fair, I'm, 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 I'm pretty much... I, I, I generally, if I'm going to drink, I'm going out. I will stick to rum as a rule. Yeah. It's expensive, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I say that. I found a bar in Bournemouth where they do double crack and a Coke for, like, £3.70. What the fuck are we doing recording the podcast? Well, I was there last night. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for, for me, you know, rum and Coke is the way forward. Or rum, rum of the rocks. Yeah, well, yeah. Depending yeah. on what kind of mood I'm in. Mm. But if I'm going to drink lager, I'm going go, to go down that premium route. I'm normally, I'd go down a uh, San Miguel, Peroni, mm. Cheeky Amstel, mm. occasionally a cause for something like that. We should start our own beer called the Southern Fairies. They could be a sister brand, Northern Monkeys, Brown Beer. Oh, mate. There Steve, we go. Business opportunity, we'll drop your message after this, mate, alright? Yeah, man, I just, I'm, a, I'm a desperado man myself, like. You're about to ask you what your typical Oh, that is a great shout. Nice. But you, you got a straw yeah, pita. Desperado. got a straw pita to Desperados, that's the way. Yeah. Is that tequila in that? Yeah, tequila, yeah. If, if not that, then it's normally a whiskey on uh, Whiskey Street. Nice. Nice. So, Steve, first question I've got for you, if that's all right to just jump straight in. Go for it. Um, is early life. So we want to try and sort of reverse engineer this so that we lead up to the current day. Um, yep. Early life, how was school for you? Uh, can I swear? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shite. <laughs> I absolutely hated school. Yeah. Hated it. Um, trying to fit in. Trying to... Um, yeah trying to make friends if i went to school with a uh with the head i've got now i'd be a completely different person because yeah i've learned i've learned that yeah you don't need to make friends if they come to you naturally you know what i mean yeah but now nah, growing up growing up um i hated school um i wasn't a happy kid to be honest um being past pillar to post mm. uh, that's what sort of forced me into the military yeah yeah. What's the naughtiest thing you did at school as a kid? Um, <laughs> yeah, these are different questions to what I'm used to. Like. <laughs> Obviously, um, don't incriminate normally, yourself. Well, well, um, I'm used what to normally, you? like, oh, um, what, when did you get to Iraq or what did you do in Iraq now? It's uh, what did you do in the naughtiest thing in school. <laughs> um, I stole a permanent marker. And I written the word sex all over the floor where the parents stood to okay. pick the kids up. This was this was in uh, year three. Legend. Fucking That's epic. epic. <laughs> I've got all kinds of time for that. Yes, you can. Year three. Winning. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh man, that's that's, that's pretty, a good that's question. I'm gonna keep that question. I like it. I didn't know what the word meant. Like it just, I heard yeah, it. So yeah, you just repeat what you hear, don't you? Just hope that it's not mentally offensive. 
So, uh, last question for me, and then I'll let John lead. But obviously, I found you from Lad by, but we'll sort of go on a bit of a journey with you throughout this podcast. Um, yeah. And you're in the young soldier meets old soldier, so we've actually got that on the screen. We'll do that in a bit. We won't do it right now. Um, and as of today, I don't know if you know this, but your YouTube video on Lad Bible has 31 million total views. It's probably, probably the most viewed video that I've seen recently on Lad Bible. And I knew that when I watched that video that I had to get in contact with you. And I'm, Yeah, we've been talking for a yeah, while, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we've been on and off. I've got your number and all that sort of stuff. And Every time I call you, you're wearing your Under Armour, driving to the gym. I'm so glad you said Under Armour as well then, because yeah. you just made it sound like you were chatting him up for a second. We've been chatting for a while, you know, on and off. <laughs> yeah, every time I talk to you in your Honda. That's it. I've got the IPA, he's got the Desperados, one thing led to another. No, 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 I'm going to get cancelled. Um, so yeah, like, how did that video come around? So how did that come to fruition and what was that like for you? So basically, um, I was going through a... Well, when I got out of the military, I was going through a really bad patch mentally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Took, well, I was probably at my lowest point um, a matter of years before that. Yeah. I was trying to climb out of the pit to get, get my life back together. Um, and then I was approached by a lady called Elaine, who basically ran part of the Legion, um, the Poppy Pale in Liverpool. Mm, yeah. Um, and I, I met her at one of my friend's funerals. Uh, he committed suicide. We lost uh, three lads to suicide in a matter of 12 weeks. Yeah. So um, obviously we were all in a bit of a bad place and she referred me, basically, Lad Bible got hold of her and said, right, we need two veterans. So she put me and John in there. Um, I, thought, I thought it was gonna be just like like this. For me, like uh, just a verbal one, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Nowhere. I went there straight from work, dressed like a tramp, walked in, cameras everywhere, shit myself. All right. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the first time I actually stood up, well, stood out and talked yeah. about what had happened. Um, we filmed for about two hours, but they took eleven minutes from it. Um, that was the first time meeting John. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. At the time, I fucking hated it. I was petrified. Mm. I str I struggled to. Get my words out. Um, actually, just, uh, get the mic put on me and stuff like that. Really terrified me. Um, but from that, from that, it's just recreated me and brought me back into me. Well, brought me out of my comfort zone to put me in better state, back to how I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just um, my last question, and then I'll let John take over. But I don't want to sound too morbid. But is the guy that you filmed with still around? John, yeah. Um, if you go on my channel, um, he was my last interview. Um, we did a forty-minute session, and yeah, we we speak regularly. Good. Um, keeping awesome. arms. I think he's I think he's ninety-eight now. He's he's cracking on, but he, he's he's still sharp for the most of us. Yeah, man. Yeah. Where can we find your YouTube channel? Just straight out the gate, sort of thing. Plug, man. Plug away. Yes. Just type in Steve Nichols into YouTube. Um, it'll come back up. Or Steve Nichols Soldier. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think there's 10, 10, I've got 10, 11 interviews, a few vlogs. Yeah. I've took a pause for a while, um, starting back up next year. I've um, got about 20 guests lined up, so yeah, back into it. Well done. Nice one. Thank right. you. John, over to you, mate. John, it's really interesting, just uh, before I dive into my questions, which are you know, going to be a mixed bag, but um, it's really interesting to, to, to hear the, the, the way you, you portray 
the events coming out um, of the military generally. And it's I've got a number of friends um, of mine who are ex-servicemen. And it's a similar kind of story. I, I think it's that yeah. it, it, it comes across almost like that transition isn't really there as such, isn't easily managed for a lot of people coming out of the military and military life, which is very regimented, of course. Mm. Um, going into sort of, well, it's not something, is it, would you, I think it's citizen life to refer to it, isn't it? It's city street, I think it's so, called. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. very different. Um, so it's very interesting the, the, the way you described the fact that it was very difficult because I've heard that several times from yeah. lots of different people in different mm. sort of arms of the services. Um, so yeah, really interesting to sort of get your take in that, and just yeah. to sort of segue from that point. My first question to you, Mister Nichols, how yep. the f- I'm going I'm to swear now because I'm I'm, la- I'm a lot less clean than Ben, so yeah, I don't give a shit. How the fuck did you find your way into this world? How did you? I know obviously you mentioned the lad Bible video, but how did you find yourself in social media zones and interviewing and talking to people how did you get into this sort of cycle what led you down this path and what what kept you on it because that's you know equally a key part of that question yeah rather than just doing one interview flashing the pan yeah you know. so basically it was uh it was people like yourselves who want to get stories out there um i got approached by a lot straight after that bible mm. um but the, what what really started was was I'm out, I'm out there shaking shit and dog. I was in a bad place. Um, I think I locked myself away for two weeks after it. Um, really, really struggled with what I just done and what the things I said. I didn't want the things I said to offend anyone, upset anyone, put anyone in a bad place. Um, when the video launched, it must have been about eight months later, on Remembrance Day, um, I had, we did Remembrance Parade, and I think when I got back in the car, looked at my phone I had over uh, 300 and something messages on Messenger um, WhatsApp had gone berserk Instagram was I think I had well over 500 DMs Fucking and I was like fuck the hell's happened here and then when I looked at the video it had three, over 3 million within the first couple of hours so Fucking hell. I, I, I eventually started ciphering through these messages and very positive all positive a lot of them were thank yous a lot of them were like oh uh, tell us more and stuff like that and yeah, it was a bit overwhelming so I, I sort of like chucked my phone away I didn't want to know you know what I mean yeah Um. Yeah. but then I, I went back to it I, I think I had a few drinks I went back on there and had a little look and there's one message on there that really stood out yeah Um. it was a young yeah. lad uh, not served in the military or nothing um, he was agoraphobic couldn't leave the house he watched my video and then he said oh well, after I watched the video I sat there for a bit and then I, I went down the shop and I went and got a loaf of bread and I did this and did that uh, thank you very much and it's sort of like I got upset I started crying I thought good on you mate you know what I mean and then I thought to myself well, hang on there's people out there that are worse than me there's people out there that are struggling much worse than me not through war but through everyday life Yeah. and then I read another message and it was um, a young lad from Kosovo um, obviously I served there and he said oh I've just been sat here watching your video with my dad. Um, he started crying. I was like, oh, why? He goes, uh, he was your interpreter, um, your translator in Kosovo. And one day he told you that he had no food and no money. So you stopped in a shop and you got us some bread and you give us some rations and stuff like that for, for the family. Um, yeah. And I was like, and he said, it's absolutely amazing to see that you're still going and it'd be nice to see you one day. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, I didn't realise I made that much of an impression. And he said, oh, if you ever want to come back to Kosovo, you're more than welcome. I thought, oh, fuck that. <laughs> um, and then um, I thought, I'd love to, but fuck, it's a lovely country, but the, 
yeah, yeah, memories. Yeah. yeah. But then, um, but then I looked on EasyJet and they fly straight from Liverpool to Kosovo. I thought, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> no getting out of this one. So, um, but yeah, so that sort of uh, spiked me a little bit and made me realise that there is worse people going. Well, there is people going through worse things in the world, and hmm. it sort of inspired me and motivated me to try and help those people more and try and inspire a bit more. Um, and then as soon as I come out of that, that was it. I had um, a good friend, Danny Lewis, from Dockhouse. Um, he got hold of me. I went on there, and it, the rest is history. Just, I've, I've had, I think it's over 15 podcasts now. Uh, and then because the message was getting out there and I was getting people, you know, positive feedback and stuff, I went, right, I'll, I'll have a go on my own vlogs. And then before I know it, people were asking to come on as guests. So I was like, okay, yeah, sound. So we just... Yeah. Uh, go from there like hmm. yeah. bit, of a, bit of a rant there sorry no no I'm, 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 I was really really enjoying that really getting into yeah, every, every, everything you were saying there and it's really interesting to see that I'm kind of getting a sense that for you the inspiration to continue doing this is the fact that the impact that you've obviously had on people's lives without really considering it and um, you, you, the thing is you hear a lot of people who get into you know podcasting and interviewing generally and they do it for money to break the rat race you know they see other people do it they go oh, I could do that you know that, that that kind of very 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 unaltruistic kind of approach it's yeah. really really uh, really fucking refreshing to hear somebody come out and say do you know what I, I continue doing it because not because I felt comfortable doing it mm-hmm. but because it obviously had a positive impact on other people and other people further afield and other people that I'd met across my journey and it reconnected to people. I love that. I've yeah. got all kinds of time for that. The thing is, I've never took a penny from any of it. I've never mm. been offered anything and if I did, I'm not interested. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be straight with you. Um, every time I get, even now, I'm fucking anxious. I'm, I'm, no, I'm in a bit of a place. Every time I get in front of the camera, I fall apart. I, it, take, it takes me a while start of each podcast or whatever to get get a grip myself you mean yeah it's fucking painful it really is because all the emotions are flicking in i'm talking about stuff that is literally it yeah. destroyed me it killed me years ago and mm. it is tough and it, it's hard but i know that one person might listen to it and go you know what i feel the same i'm gonna keep going as well there might be a person in a dark room ready to sling the rope yeah, and they might yeah. just go you know what fair play i'm gonna keep going and that's what it's all about because that one person one day might go on and save the world mm. or save another 10 or you don't know so or just hold a door open like, for someone or just just anything isn't it that's it I, I'm not I'm not here for fame I'm not here for mm. money my family are healthy um, yeah. I've got a job I work hard that's all I care about so, but if so strange isn't it I'm so yeah so many people are driven by capitalism and making as much money as possible and an exit strategy. Like I sometimes fall under that umbrella myself, but I haven't been in a war. Oh, don't get me wrong, fucking hell, I, yeah. want to be, I, want, I want more money. Everyone wants more money, but that's human nature. We're fucking greedy. Yeah. And even if you say you're not, you're a liar because it's, yeah. it's built, built to progress and do better, uh, yeah. whether it's through physical activity, whether it's through business, where it doesn't really matter. We, we are designed to progress, and the people that don't try and progress in one way or another then the wasting the wasting away you have to progress in life whether you better yourself whether you better your kids whether you better your wife or husband whatever yeah the second you stop and stand still you fucked it 
Well, what I can do is I can offer you 200 quid right now and you set an auto forward rule on your emails and they'll come to me and I get loads of money. Sounds like a good deal, Dan. <laughs> yes, sounds like a good deal. Sure, it's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the non-comical response. For once, I'm going to be non-comical. Oh, right. Um, I love what you said there, Steve. I mean, I, I don't want it. I, I come across a very externally very confident guy and you know me and Ben are very good close friends he knows I've had a difficult year and I've put a couple of podcasts out yeah. earlier in the year uh, mm-hmm. about this um, me and my wife separated in April yeah and um, sorry mate yeah it's shit mate it is what it is but um, I- I'm kind of now in a better place with it so it's probably my dog trying to attack the door that everyone's hearing um, but I've um, been going through therapy now um, for about 12 weeks and uh, I've been diagnosed yeah. with PTSD um, from childhood trauma. Yeah. Um, so I've got all kinds of love for what you said. Um, and what you were, you know, the way you described doing it to, for, for the want of helping other people, not for money, not for, you know, any kind of financial gains. You're not bothered about that, but just to try and help people and help people through. Because I've been, I've been in a bad place, um, you know, a few months back, and I went off the rails quite a bit, I think it's fair to say. And. Um, you know, when when before when we got talking, and Ben talked to me about doing this podcast with you, doing it um, mutually. I went back and I watched the video again. I'm, I'm not afraid to say, mm. watching that veterans video, I cried because yeah, it, it really is very emotional. That video, it just really does really touch you in a mm. way that you don't get a lot on the internet. Yeah. So many people are putting videos out there just mm. clickbait, catch your attention for five seconds, bullshit. Yeah, See yeah, something yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you, when you've got shit going on in your own life, going like exactly like you say, Steve, mm. um, going on in your own head and going on in your own life, and you can relate to somebody, it makes you feel, you know, I can keep chugging away and keep going forward. Yeah, I think that's really really important, and um, I just want to let you know, man, I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, cheers for coming on. No, thank you, Reese. But um, whatever you're going through, um, mentally or physically or whatever, um, you keep going. Yeah. you find the way it's it's in our nature as humans we, we find the way um, whether you take inspiration from a video or whatever or you go out for a run yeah. the thing is you've got to keep going um, and you know what It's just because something goes wrong in our lives doesn't mean life's over it's something goes wrong in our life because it's been it's happened to test us like I'm not a religious man um, for a number of reasons because otherwise I wouldn't have lost so many fucking mates in Afghan and Iraq, you know what I mean? But um, what I do believe in is that we are tested and we have to be tested. If you're not tested, then you're not moving forward. You need you need to be tested. And whether it's from a divorce or separation or whether it's from a death, we are always being tested. And what I've learned now is it doesn't matter what I lose, I will always move forward past that, you know what I mean? So, no, good on, good on you for keep going, mate. Keep good effort for... Getting the getting the therapy and moving forward, and um, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? Good on you. It's been a it's been a hard old journey. I think it's fair to say. Mm. Obviously, Ben's been, you know, at the end of the phone through a lot of it. I've got yeah. I've kept my um, my circle small because I thought that I think that's the best that's best way really when you're going through shit not to over yeah, yeah. overexpose. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've got a trusted sort of group of four or five um, lads that I know I could talk to. Yeah. Really learned a lot about myself this year. Really right. learned a lot about it. Yeah. You know, it is. Well, you've got the you've got the group chat there now that I'm on. So um, yeah, we're on a chat, mate. So send me a private message if you want or whatever. I'll talk to you. Really appreciate. You know I mean, you ever need you ever need anything, mate? Just give me a shout. I'm always here. Enjoy. Again, for anyone watching this, um, I don't want. I know you're not one for um, you know big big praises, Steve. But I mean, credit to the man. You know, come on an interview. I, I you know, open up a little bit, but just to yeah. offer that out. 
says a lot about you yeah. as a human being. I'm going to move on to my next question before I get too emotional. Cool. Um, <laughs> if you could change one perception that the general populace have about military personnel as a rule, sort of generalities, what would it be and why? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm thick, but can you put that in an easier term for me? Because I've been uh, been punched in the head a few times. No, no past, so, so <laughs> people, what, 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 what would I change to the civilian view on military? Yeah, yeah basically, because you yeah. notice a lot of people have hmm. a very stereotypical sort of perception of people from the army squaddies. As, as a rule. Squaddies as a rule, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you could... it's, it's whatever the media says. It's whatever the media says. If the media says we're bastards, they'll throw stones at us. If the media says that we're heroes, they'll love us. You know what I mean? Like, like when I was in Iraq, we were, we were we were treat we were called baby killers. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of collateral damage out there. There's things going on. I've never put a rifle towards a kid's head and pulled the trigger, but I've been there while things have gone off and it's, it's people have got hurt. You know what I mean? In the crossfire and stuff like that. And yes. It kills me every single day thinking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But the media portrayed us as bastards, and that's and that's how we were treated when we come home. Yeah. When we got to Afghan, we were portrayed as heroes. Mm. So it's not it's not civilians' fault. It's not it's not the population's fault. Um, people are led so easy nowadays, as as we're seeing since the past so many years. But um, to quite honest, I won't change anything because. Every squad, every every soldier, every service man and woman, they know their work. They know what they're doing. They join. They do a job. They work hard at that job. They do the best they can do. Um, yeah, some of us at times do go. Oh, I wish they didn't hate us so much. I wish this. I wish that. But whatever comes at us, we just we just take it. If you love us, you hate us. You know what I mean? It's. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm, I'm, I want to help all the veterans. I, 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 yeah. I, would, I want people to look towards veterans and try and help them more. But at the same time, the world's in pain. Hmm. You know what I mean? We, we've got soldiers on the street which we're trying to help. We've got suicidal soldiers, but we've also got also got suicidal men. We've all got we've all got suicidal women. We've got kids. That are being mistreated. We've got kids in the streets. It's. I just want to help the world, and uh, yeah. I don't know where the fuck yeah. to start. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I feel that. I'm gonna be highly unprofessional for a moment because Steve, I know you're gonna appreciate this. I've got a six-year-old frantically knocking my door, asking me for a drink when she's just got out of bed. So, um, ben, I'm gonna <laughs> let, let Ben lead for a couple of minutes. I'll be right back, with you guys. You Sorry to all of you, viewers. Highly unprofessional. If you want to help help the world? You need to sort your daughter out. No, I've got that. Good that. I'm still here, mate. So I'll ask you some questions. Yeah, I'll go on. Yeah, go on. So, what did you actually enjoy about the army, if anything? And what was a significant challenge for you? And how did you overcome that challenge? And that challenge question is from my friend Hannah Kirkman from another podcast called Mind Rift. Uh, happy to repeat cool. that because that was obviously a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> um, things I enjoyed about the army, um, I felt like I joined a tight family, yeah. a, a nice, good, good family. Yeah. Um, I made a lot of brothers, some sisters. Mm. Um, I love every single one of them. To this day, some of them I still I fucking hate, but at the same time I love them. Yeah, I get you. Um, um, what I enjoyed most about the army, 
is that I learned what my mind is capable of doing. So for years growing up, I was I always knew I had something that I needed to push. There's something that I needed to expand or explore. But when I got in the military, it wasn't just fighting skills and team building and this that, and the other. It was I learned to unlock my mind to push beyond my body's capability. Whether it be endurance, whether it be fighting, whether it be uh, education, it's I, I learned that there's something more, and I'm still exploring that now. I'm still pushing myself now to be better now. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, they're the best. They're the best things in the army. What was the biggest challenge for you? Like, what was the moment where you thought, "I really don't know if I can do this"? Like, what was your sort of make or break moment? I suppose. For the reason why I got out, or just in just, general, like in the general, like initiation training, just doing the sort of the basic sort of. I don't know what it's um, called. The first bit, you know, before you actually. So basic, get basic. Yeah, basic, basic training was tough. Yeah. It was really tough. Um, I went through depot in 2004, training in 2004. Um, the screws were really hard on us, really tough. Um, we got thrashed multiple times a day. Um, we were pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, yeah. Halfway through that, I thought, I can't do this. Mm. Um, but then I did. I re- that's when I started to realise what I was capable of, and I did it. Yeah. Um, there hasn't really, even when I got out to Iraq or when I got out to Afghan, and the fighting was really intense. Especially with um, Afghan, you know, it was head of ten. It was, it was just really bloody. It's just constant fighting, IEDs, casualties every, every week. Um, yeah. Even then, I didn't think I can't do this anymore because it was. I don't know. It was what I was trained to do. Yeah. Um, being away from home didn't bother me. It didn't, it really, there wasn't really anything that phased me to the point where I needed to give up in the army because. I couldn't because I was always there's always that invisible set of eyes watching you. Whereas if you quit, it's, I think it's an old saying. If you quit, that pain will last with you forever. Whereas if you, I don't know, you 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 you, you break or whatever, that's you no, know, you fail. That's just a short thing. But everyone's always watching you. You always are under a ton of pressure not to quit. So. That was never something that was ever going to happen. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, that was the problem with me when I got out of the military. Was is I quit? Um, yeah. I quit at life. I quit at myself, and that's when I went down my dark patch because I lost who I was. So yeah. that was my that was that was a tough part. Like speaking for myself and John at this point, we're glad that you're still there, mate. Because just it's just shit, isn't it? Like you don't feel that you can talk to people, like. It's weird that like technology yeah. and stuff's enabled us to talk to anyone whenever we want. We can DM Jennifer Aniston now if we feel like it, but it's just, it's almost like it's increased our gap more. Yeah, of course it has. By having that availability, you're actually pushing it further away, if that makes sense. There's nothing quite like yes. talking face to face, is there? No. no, of course not. Social media has killed social uh, contact. You know what I mean? It's. I, I hate social media, but at the same time, yeah. it can be for good. You know what I mean, it can be for good, but um, we've gone down this this rabbit hole now. Was we live by social media? We can't live without it. But we are. I think that's a story. We are like, well and truly strapped in now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. 
mean, I've often said that the happiest time in my life, happiest time in my uh, relationship with my estranged wife, actually, mm. was. I've said this to you. Yeah. We went two years where we had didn't have. Uh, we had pay-as-you-go phones with no top. We didn't top up. No one had our numbers really. We didn't go on Facebook or social media very often. And when we went out, no one could call us or bother us. And it was the most freeing experience I yeah. think I've ever had. Not being able to be bombarded with texts or. DMs or Messenger or tweets or you know any phone calls anything Everything. just be able to go yeah. out on your own plan a day away just have that focus yeah. on that one other person is um, you know that's, it's pretty unique these days it's, it's quite sad now yeah it's completely yeah we're the last generation who've yeah. grown up with that I think as well aren't yeah. we really yeah we got born into the internet um, like how old are you yeah, Steve yeah. if you don't mind how old are you I'm 36 yeah so you're not that far away from us really like. Now, my son, your children, and your children, Steve, as well, are born into it, aren't they? They don't know the alternative. Um, yeah, well, my daughter is four, and she's a YouTube expert. She's better than me. Mine's the same. Mine's and that's, that's no joke. She she literally knows more about YouTube than me. I mean, it's, it's scary. It really is. But at the same time, if you keep it away from them, you're scared that they'll fall behind. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, everyone else is yeah. at So, you. you can't win. Well, my six-year-old is exactly the same. She, um, she is better. I mean, I work in technology outside of doing this extracurricular stuff, and um, my daughter is um, better on technology than I am. It's actually quite scary in a lot of ways, as you say. My son, he's um, two and a half, and he's at a point now where he say he wants to watch like, monster trucks or Hot Wheels, and you go on YouTube on the TV. You think, oh, you just stick one video on because when I was a kid, you do, you know, you would you just stick a video VHS in, in a player. And away you go, or stick BBC One or BBC um, Three on, uh, BBC Three Channel, Channel Three even, yeah, ITV on, and away you go. Uh, but now it's a case of I have to sit there scrolling through. He goes, no, nope, not that one, yeah, not that yeah, one, yeah. not that one, and it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird. Yeah, my daughter's like that. She's like, I want to watch this. I go, well, you'll have to wait because I have to go through the TV times. I didn't. Oh, it's on at five tonight. I'll wait for that. Yeah. She's now he's just clicking. It's on, isn't it? But, oh, I had to sacrifice my um, weekend, like on. Saturday, if I wanted to watch Pokemon at seven o'clock in the morning on Sky, I'd have to wake up at six thirty, and I'd either be watching it or I wouldn't watch it. You know. Yeah. Whereas now you can go on YouTube and watch everything. Well, it's even right down to sort of a classic way of that. You feel like EastEnders. Yeah. It used to be four days a week. Mm -hmm. You trap yourself in at half past seven or eight o'clock on a Friday, and people would watch EastEnders or Coronation Street or any soaps or anything like that. Now, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, do you go on? You could watch it. Then, or they'll release it all on iPlayer and you can watch it all in advance. Or you they can watch used it all. to do on Sundays, I think it was Omnibus, wasn't it? And it was like, like all yeah, of the episodes like, strung together. That's the only time you can see it all, all strung together. That was now. your last chance, basically. It doesn't, like, yeah. it doesn't matter, you can just watch it all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. So for exactly. me, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's, it, it, it's certainly um, a psychological thing for me. I don't really like to watch new TV shows anyway. Yeah. I prefer to watch old films and old TV shows, things I've seen before. Mm. And apparently, that's a kind of like um, condition about that because there's no fear of outcome. Right, okay. Um, when you know it's going to end in a certain way, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I just a lot, a lot. There's this because there's so many channels, or so many options, so many platforms. Yeah. Anything gets commissioned now. It's all shit. At least we're. The, I would say we probably are the last generation yeah. where you know, you know, mm. content you would absorb through the screen was high quality content because yeah. it couldn't be shit because it. You know, there was four options, and those four options decided everything. Watered down content for the yeah, sake of a deadline for an executive. Have you yeah. ever seen Baby Jake, Steve? you ever seen the, the kids' show Baby Jake? What the question is that? <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen it. It, it does me, I didn't. That shit's trippy as fuck. It's trippy as fuck. Uh, but, but, 
most, most things on YouTube that the kid watches, it does me head I just can't watch it. If you can watch In the Night Garden, I truly believe you can watch anything. No. It's no, mental. Blocked. It's absolutely acid. It's been, it's, been written, it's been written by acid heads yeah, and heroin addicts. It's, you know, like, you like that magic roundabout. Fuck that shit. Yeah, <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> You got they did a movie, The Magic Roundabout, right? Yeah, they did. We, yeah, we yeah. watched this to me and the kids, so I thought, yeah. oh, that'd be nice. And it was fucked up. They made him like they they took the yeah, stereotypes ten the... times worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> we digress massively. What did That's I miss it. while I was off uh, quenching my child's um, first? Time. I asked John, not John, your John. You can ask, Hello, John. John. How's it going, mate? Um, I asked Steve how he got into the army, what challenges he faced, um, and kind of what. Like what the training was like initially, really. Okay. Good choice as a question. I'm sorry I missed half of that. So That's right. Cool. Well, I'm going to um, <laughs> go into um, my next question, which again, mine are kind of all semi-relational. Probably a bit more military yeah. engaged than Ben's were. Um, but my next question is: from your time in the military, what skills do you think you developed that you apply now to? Sort of your media career, if you will, and you just every your everyday life, yeah. You know, outside of you know the natural discipline you would have added still to you in that regimented lifestyle, what kind of other skills do you think that you've developed that maybe? And I know you, I know you're not like I say you're not one big on the praise here, but maybe give you a bit more of a natural edge when it comes to this kind of setting. I know you're not comfortable with it, but you've obviously got a knack for it. There's, a, there's an obvious skill set in there in terms of talking and pacing the way you talk as well and it's obvious you know this evening that, that comes yeah, through storytelling yeah what what do you think that the skills that you've picked up from your time in the military and that add to that and give you that edge do you think um when i went into the military i was a i was a pain in the ass i was a little bastard i didn't care you mean i didn't really have any focus or anything I just knew that I had something to give, that I had something that to, I had to unlock. But um, the military broke me down. It actually, it literally broke me down and rebuilt me into the person I was back then. Um, to this day, now I, I am stronger mentally now than I was when I was in the army. If I had this mind in the military, I'd be a different, I'd be a different soldier altogether. Um, skills I've learned in the military that I apply to everyday life is everything. Um, right down to leading teams, to team building, to talk to people, to um, weighing people up. So the way they move, the way they look, the way they blink, the way uh, the, they project themselves, I can sort of listen to that and go, right, okay, and this is how I'm going to change my body and my reactions and my voice to interact with you, to make you feel comfortable that makes sense yeah um right down to push myself to in education or trying to just always wanting to learn more as a human is what i wanted to do better you know what i mean um and i'm still like that now and I, i'm getting to that age now i'm getting close to 40 i'm worrying because it's like when do i when do i have to stop learning when do i have to stop being better when will i ever yeah. have to stop looking after people and trying to be better for them you know what I mean so I'm sort of trying to cram like uh, stuff into my life faster than I normally would right down to like the fitness and stuff like that yeah um, I've done a few charity events and stuff like endurance stuff um, 
like I say, next year, it, it's going to be mental. I've got about five things planned, which is just, th- 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 in my mind, well, to me, I'm going, they're not, they're not, they're not, I'm not going to be able to do them. But my, my brain's going, they're already done. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, all in the, all in the in the name of inspire, inspiring people. That's a really interesting question. I don't think I've ever heard anyone ask that. When should we stop learning? I don't yeah. think there's an answer to that, really. Is well, there? it's definitely a rhetorical question, Ben. I think that's the yeah. piece of it without making you, yeah. do, you know, without obviously yeah being so empty. But um, it's, a, it's right a bloody now. good question at the same time, even yeah. rhetorical or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think there is. I, I think like it's yeah. that old adage is it it's not about the destination it's about the journey yeah and you know we're always learning as as a, a, a populace as a race we're built aren't we mm. to continue to learn as Steve said it earlier to constantly want to do better to strive to progress and yeah. to improve and to grow and, you know everything you ever yeah. see everywhere is about growth oh you need to grow as a human being you need to spread your wings or you know if this person doesn't if your relationship's not working this per- that's because you need to grow as individuals everything about it is about yeah. growth that's the human condition. We're so we are overly focused in some ways about growth, even though it's intrinsic. I don't yeah, think it needs to be mentioned. I think people put too much of an onus about it verbally without maybe putting a focus on it mentally. But I think, yeah, I think like it's the journey. It's constantly growing. I You've think got though, like obviously billionaires are a bit of a hot topic at the moment. You know, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all that, and they go into philanthropy because they literally can't spend the money quick enough now. So, like, there must be a point where they think, right, I'm done now. I've got enough to be able to sustain my lifestyle and my kids' lifestyle. But They never yeah. will, because they're too the greedy. Yeah. They're, they're on the path, you know what I mean? The way, I don't know, it's... I've ne- obviously, we all want to be rich, all want to have money. But then I get asked questions like, oh, if you could be like anyone, who would you be? Fucking, it's, and it's the old David Goggins, no one, because yeah. I don't want to be second best to them. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, there's people in this world that have been through so much shit and so much pain, yeah. and I believe that the mentally and physically destroyed people are more most of the time stronger yeah. because they're the ones that help others and inspire others. You've got to be go through hell to rebuild yourself into that type of person. Yeah. Um, you know, it's if you've gone through. Even the smallest amount of trauma, or you've stumped your toe, or you've lost a memory of family, that is enough to make you go, I'm going to do better, I'm going to progress, and I'm going to be stronger, faster, yeah. more mentally prepared for the next hurdle, because there will be more hurdles because you want them to come. Yeah. You know, it's like I've got to that stage in my life now where I'm, I want to physically and mentally test myself. I want. Like, I, I wake up in the morning and I used to wake up and lie there having a panic attack, worrying about leaving the house and going to work and dealing with people and interacting with people. Yeah. Now I wake up in the morning and I sort of say to myself, I hope PTSD attacks me today because hmm. I'm going to take its fucking head off. I love that. Because I want to, I want to, I want to be tested. I want to, I want to do more. I get to the stage as well now. <laughs> people are going to listen to this. Go, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I, I won't. I, I won't. I won't. I won't eat to satisfaction. Because I want to be constantly tested. Okay. I don't want to be in my comfort zone. When I go to the gym, I go, I'll do a steady run. Now I've got to thrash myself. I've got to break myself. I've right down to like anything. Everything I look at, I'm like, how yeah. can that test me? And it's, I, don't know, I think it might be a bit of a condition I've got, but it's, uh, it's working for me. And 
Yeah. I'll, 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 let you, forward. I'll let John talk in a sec, but it sounds to me like you thrive in discomfort and chaos. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you look at it in a very negative connotation, whereas I didn't look at it that way. I, I, I think I see where you're coming from. I, think, I, I don't know if it's a condition, but I think not everybody. Some people have this, this inbuilt and innate want to really strive to test the limits. How can you push past your boundaries if you don't know what those boundaries are? And what you're effectively exactly. saying is, you you need to know, in every aspect, where do those boundaries sit? Where is my where are my upper limits? Yeah. And how can I go above or beyond those upper limits to become hmm. a better version of who I am, not just as a man but as a human being? And there's there, there's not enough people, realistically, in this day and age, that live that way because of the because of the creature comforts we've talked about. Yeah. Um. I, like I said, I think we're the last generation, really. That have we've obviously born with all of this stuff that has developed while we've been alive. Yeah, yeah. But we were born without that. Yeah, we didn't have that. So there was an element of you know, you know, you did have to wait for certain things to be on. You did have to. You, you couldn't just go buy whatever you want off Amazon. You had to go look around a shop. Yeah, Even yeah, that yeah. now isn't a thing anymore, really. Um, mm, I think. Yeah, I think there's, there's a whole generation has been lost. Yeah. By convenience. And I think yeah. convenience removes that want to push your limits to test yourself. So that's why the generations before us, certain not maybe not the last couple of generations, but the, you know, like you were saying with John, the uh, World War Two veteran, that generation were constantly tested. You know, for yeah. people who went through both the World Wars and, and beyond, constantly tested to push their limits of what they what they psychologically they could take. Mm. And I, I think that that's where it comes from. Is that you, you push your physical limits to test your brain. It's all about those mental loops. I've got, I've yeah. got all kinds of love for that. All kinds yeah, of love. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't think of it like that. I, I need to adjust my perception. I like to think of myself as a realist, but I am quite a negative. Well, no, I don't. Sort. I wouldn't even say that. Sometimes you <laughs> could be a bit. Sometimes you could be a bit glass half empty. Yeah. But I think it's because if you think about, I know, I know where you come from. Yeah. If you think about the worst, if you prepare for the worst, yeah, yeah, yeah. then anything else is a positive, yeah, which in, its, in it itself could be a positive, positive mental outcome. Yeah, definitely. I think you've got. Oh, that's, that's a double-edged sword, that is, folks. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I spent my whole life planning for the worst-case scenario. Mm. You know what I mean, like right down to sit on my couch, going, "What if a car comes to me window now and kills everyone?" I always plan for the worst-case scenario. Yeah. So, I look at life negative. Yeah. And so, it's so it is. Sorry, Steve. After you. It's not until now I've started calming down and started looking in at myself that I've started to come away from that a little bit. Yeah, the, the worst case scenario is always there. I'm always ready to go, but I'm always ready to attack. But yeah. I've got to take a step back and look at myself and look at my family and what being negative like that and having that view can have on people around you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think when I did karate, which was a long time ago, as you can probably see on camera, oh, I'm quite a chubby little fellow. Um, I was always told by my instructor to stay in amber which is like a traffic light system. And if you're in yep. green and someone mugs you, you'll just hit the floor, you'll be petrified, and you'll just want the world to swallow you up sort of thing. Whereas if you're in amber, it means you're kind of ready for something to come at you in the bushes, and you're ready to strike. Whereas obviously in red, you're going around looking for a fight. Do you think yeah. the army has put you in amber, or have you always been like that, I suppose? I've always been in amber. I've always been protective of myself because I was pushed around a bit as a kid and had a bit, a bit of a shit time yeah, um, yeah. When, I, when I left the army I was red always red and it's only the past two years I started to step away from it because yeah. um, you're in hostile 
situations in a hostile environment yeah, for yeah. so long and you're constantly tense unconsciously you're always in that state of violence and yeah. active readiness yeah definitely see it's interesting because i think for the longest period of my life um i was probably in a state of amber yeah but actually for my teenage years and, and my, my late childhood i was probably very red, red myself but i was in a, probably a state of amber um and i'm really glad you said traffic light system not to be confused with like um Amber jelly or some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like the moon limit. Uh, but I was very much in, in that kind of state. And it's only really been the last few months for me where I've started looking at things differently. And that's why I say to you, it's maybe not necessarily yeah. negative. For me, the way I look at it is there is no point in some ways preparing for the worst or preparing for the best. Just take life as it comes, take each day as it comes. Every day you wake up in the morning, this is my, my view now. Yeah. Every day when you wake up in the morning and you draw breath, it's another good day because you're still here. Yeah. And if you're still here, you could do something with that time. If you make the most of every minute, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go and do anything. That could be just sitting there and relaxing with your thoughts or thinking of something positive about someone. If you could yeah. make the most of the bit of the time that you've got, then you're winning. You know, that, that's, that's, my, that's my argument. I mean, I've had such a shitty year that now every moment I wake up and I'm not miserable or not, I'm not sad or down, even when I am sad and down, at least I'm fucking still here to be sad and down. Mm. And every, every moment is a little win. Yeah. Every moment is a little win, and I think that's the, it's kind of the I'm a bit biased because it's my mindset, but I think it's the mm. best mindset to be in. If you're constantly worried about the worst, or if you're constantly dreaming of the best, you're never going to be in the here and now. But, you know, be happy either way because you'll never meet those things. If you're constantly thinking to yourself, I'm going to be the best podcast on the planet, or I'm going to be the best athlete, then if you, sure, if you fall short of that, then you'll never. Do you know what I mean? I, I get where you're coming from, but for me, um, I, I, we, we're going to have to get Steve's take on this minute because otherwise yeah, we're going to digress yeah, but, talking. Um, <laughs> for me <coughs> I take the approach that it's important to be ambitious yeah. failure is temporary you only fail you only, you only lose when you fail if you quit failure is a, yeah. failure is a reaction to success you yeah. don't, you're not going to be successful the first attempt then it's to say, it's that old everyone's mum would have said this to you when you're on holiday and you've got 50 quid to take thing with a few days to have buttons or something like that. It used to be, don't buy the first thing you see in the shop. Mm. Failure is the, is the real life situation of that, really. That yeah. you, you're, never, you're not going to be successful first time out. You've got to break a few eggs to make an omelette. Yeah. So failure is, you know, is, not the, is not the end result. It's, the, it's a condition of the symptom. It's better to fail and fail a lot and fail hard. Yeah. Because then when you actually are successful and you win in the end, and you will win in the end if you keep driving forward, you, it'll mean so much more. It's that you can't appreciate good unless you've really felt bad. I think, see, you were saying that earlier. Yeah, that's fair. You know, uh, failure's not a bad thing. Failure's got a lot of negative connotations, but failure is not bad. No, I agree. I, I love failure. Yeah, I enjoy failure. You grow. Yeah. It's what makes you I, grow the most. I love failure. I always look for it. Everyone does. Um, mm. Going into... Being an athlete and stuff like that, yeah. um, failure is a form of practice. Yeah, you have to practice to fail and keep failing and keep failing. That's how the body grows, and it's you know it's like it's like say a bicep, for instance. You pick up a weight, you, you lift that weight until exhaustion. That bicep tears and rips. You take the right nutrition, the right at the right times. Those part those rips then get filled with gap with protein with fibers. It then gets stronger. Same as scar tissue. Yeah. You run a blade down your wrist, you know, like I've done. Um, the scar tissue forms, it becomes stronger. It takes a lot more to cut. You know, it's, I mean, that's, that, that's with life. I'm not saying go and cut your wrist, like, but what I'm saying is 
keep failing, keep messing up, keep making those mistakes and keep moving forward. Um, and I say it every single time, people turn around and go, oh yeah, mental health, oh, I'm, I'm doing it this way, I'm doing it that way. Um, and I say, no, it's like business. You don't, you have to fail at business eight, nine, hundred times. No, you don't. Go and read people's books, go and read people's way that they've done it. Look at their mistakes and learn from it. And then try not to make those mistakes. And it, same as mental health. Read the books on people that have suffered with mental health. Look at their problems, how what they've done. Hmm. And don't try and make that make their mistakes. You mean? Yeah. That's that. that's why I'm halfway through. That's why I'm halfway through mine, writing mine. Because if my if my dramas and my shite helps one person, then fucking hell, it's 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 worth it's worth writing it. Well, I, mean, I can tell you straight out of the gate that you got two sales. Yeah, and I was I was going to sort of follow on from, from that Ben. The good quip, but I like that. Um, Steve, you say you're halfway through writing your book. Do you know when you're um, expected to have that done, published? Have you got sort of a, a date and a date and title, working title in mind on that? I have not planned none of that. All I know is is that it's, I'm about 120 pages through it. I'm probably going to go more. I'm probably going to triple that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it's just it's not even it's not even a book as such. It's it's stories. It starts off with my first suicide attempt, and it goes on to the start of my life, the military, after the military, and it drags out. It's that. It's literally like little memoirs and stories and some funny, some shit. Um, it's to to me, it's just my life. But um, if someone reads it, it might it might help them with something. You know what I mean that they're yeah, going yeah. through. So yeah, definitely, it will. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Fair play for getting 120 pages. I tried to write a book before. I tried to write a novel. I got about five pages and gave up. Just fucking, so, just so hard. I, I find it very hard to do long form writing. Get it on the paper. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah. I find that very, very, diff- very, very difficult. But I think that's just creatively how I'm geared. Size 72 font, mate. But you know, you've got a story to tell. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing. Yeah. And you know, if if any of the viewers here on any of the channels that are watching this, or on any of the platforms that are listening to this, could have a takeaway about you know the fine man we're talking to is that there's a story to tell and it's an inspirational story mm. it's motivating it's motivating the way you talk about yourself is so reserved and yeah. you know unarrogant does that make sense humble. Is, that, is that humble that's what I'm looking yeah, for humble, humble. It's, it's humble and it's not humble for humble's sake no like some people would you know force me dumbing do. it down on purpose exactly yeah, exactly yeah. that so um, I'm conscious of Steve's time. Yeah, so yeah, we are taking it. So I'm going to move on to my, ne- my, my next question. <laughs> after this question, should we do the YouTube bit, or should we do that afterwards? We're we going to react to. Steve's yeah, I think video. so. Well, what do we, we, I think you, you, I've got question. I've got two questions. You have got one more. Yeah. So we, 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 me and Ben both have signature questions, Steve. If you, if um, I don't know if um, Ben's ever mentioned these, but we both got signature questions on a podcast. So I'm going to go with mine. Um, so my podcast is called the Isolation Booth, which is born out of uh, the pandemic. So uh, my, my signature yep. question I ask all of my guests is this. If you had to self-isolate for 14 days anywhere in the world with anybody living or dead, who would it be, where would it be, and why? Um, it's quite a tough one, that. It's a good one, quite tough. Um, I'd obviously be with my girls, with my, with my missus and my, my daughter. Um, if I could bring anyone else into that circle, I'd bring in my grandparents um, that raised me. Um, but more than likely, 
being a, being the person I am, I'd let uh, well, I'd have my fiance's uh, granddad come back because um, I know that's what she wants. So uh, yeah, that's what that that's who I'd, that's who I'd spend it with. Well, I'll let her spend it. With, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And um, I'm not afraid to say that actually choked me up a little bit. That um, every, everyone I've asked, and as you can imagine, you know, it's human nature. Everyone mm. I've asked that question to has. Yeah. Come out with very, not selfish is the wrong term, but kind of obvious kind of responses to that that, that question. That's the first yeah. completely altruistic answer I think I've had. Yeah, non-celebrity. And that fucking touches me yeah, in, in a real, real nice way. Yeah, I, lo- I, I love that. I've got mm. all kinds of time for that. Um, Benjamin, your turn. So, Steve, what does the future hold for you? What's the next sort of year look like for you? Um, I've got a lot of endurance stuff, um, a lot of, and hopefully inspirational things. Um, better myself physically and mentally. Um, that, that's that's just a given. Mm-hmm. But um, getting married in twelve days. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, got Christmas. Um, I don't have goals, as in. It's all a journey, like we talked about before. It's all a journey. I want. Doesn't always. I want to be the best. I want to be the best dad. I can be the best partner. I want to yeah. be the best friend. I don't want to. I want to show as many people as possible. And yeah. if it takes five minutes or ten years, then that's what it takes. But yeah, yeah, totally. I just want to be a better person for the people that are watching that are yeah. around me. Fair enough. And the last question I'm going to ask is meal deals in the barracks. Love what, was yeah. the, uh, what was the food like in the barracks and uh, was there a Tesco around was there a meal deal option for a sandwich crisp and drink or was it a bit I don't know what Iraq's Tesco's are like what do you I reckon? don't think there's Tesco in Iraq <laughs> Being, bear, bear in mind that Tesco's acronym is T.E.S. Cohen oh, yeah. who's, a, who's a very Jewish man mm-hmm. I don't think that that's really the the, the um, supermarket of choice no yeah, that's Iraq. fair enough what was the uh, food like out there all the food in camps in general across the world is shit for, for British soldiers. Um, food out in uh, Afghan yeah. was just basically rice and pasta. It was, there was nothing to it. Uh, that and rations. So we're eating out of bags. So that, I went, when I went to Afghan, I went out there 16 stone and I come back, I think it was 12.2. Like you know, yeah. yeah. That'll do it. But, uh, as it goes for meal deals, I always go for uh, the breakfast triple. Yes, yes. Here we go. That's the answer yes. I wanted. Yes, love it. That's 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 only. I think that's only only I and the only person who's come up with a breakfast triple since you've done that. I can think of. I'm eighty episodes in at this point, and I've had it maybe three times. So you, I'm glad that we've got some representation. Fucking yes. Get in. There. It's the best one. Best one, especially if you've been on the beers as well. <laughs> it's the hang. It's hangover cure to God. Um, so my final question then, and this is a bit more of a light-hearted one. We obviously it's been a very intense evening, so. Oh, yeah. um, I wanted to come over a little bit more of a light-hearted one. Um, biscuit Steve. So I was bashing this question around with Ben. And I thought yeah, it'd be funny, but I'm a bit tongue-in-cheek. But I'm going to go with it. Which of these two biscuit brands do you think would make the better military brand biscuit? Okay. And these are straight off the cuff. So I've gone for General Custard Creams or <laughs> Sergeant Shortbread Fingers. It'll have to be General Custard, won't it? Love it. 
It's to be fair, I struggled with the second one. General Custard Creams came to me like in the middle of the yeah. night. I was like, that's fuck, that's got to be a fucking question in this. You can't hit the bullseye twice, <laughs> can you? Yeah. You know, I went for, uh, I went through, you know, barracks bourbons. But I thought that sounds like I'm doing a Barack Obama fucking biscuit. Uh, I went, uh, oper- uh, tactical operation Oreos. I didn't think it would work too well. But yeah, I would take that. I would take that. So what we're going to do in just a moment is we are going to go and have a look at the video that I think brought Steve to yeah, the dance, really, for, from a lot of people's attention. perspective. Yeah. We're going to um, watch some of this back. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to react to it live. So um, we'll be back shortly. We deployed Iraq We then deployed to Kosovo. From there, we then deployed to uh, Afghanistan. Well, you've been through quite a lot, haven't you? Yeah, I've been told um, by numerous people, hundreds of people even, that uh, you can see it behind my eyes um, that I was in a bad place. Like, yeah, yeah, it definitely cuts through. I think you're a bit, you're being a bit hard on your dress sense before. I think you look quite dapper actually for coming straight out of work. <laughs> yeah, John's an amazing guy. Um, he's inspired me quite a lot. He. Um, when I first met him, even today, he reminds me of my great uncle Ernie, granddad's brother. When I was, uh, before I joined the military, when I was in my teen years, I used to go around to his flat. Um, he was a Normandy veteran, did the beaches. When I used to go around there before and after school, I used to sit there, talk to him. He was very old and honest in the frame. Uh, smoked 30 a day. Um, he got me smoking, to be honest. Um, yeah. He used to sit there and gave me ciggies. Um, he used to tell me about stories about the war and about his friends and what he'd done. And he taught me respect, uh, respect for women. He told me how it is to be a good person and fight forward and always walk towards danger because if you beat that danger, it saves people's lives. And if you don't, then you set an example. When he passed away, when I was in the jungle in Belize, I never got to go to the funeral, obviously, I was away. But when uh, I met John, it was a very big flashback for me. It felt like I was sat there again with me on Clarny, and it was a nice feeling. That's why I, I, I opened up so quick to him. Um, I think it was anyone, anyone else, I probably would have bottled it and had to walk out. But with it being him reminding me of Clarny, it, it sort of made it easier, if that made sense. So good on him. I, I, when I did my last one of my walks, I walked from um, Liverpool to the top of Snowden in three days. And he, um, he sent me a message, um, a video saying, good on you, you know, keep going. And I was just like, I remember walking for about 15 miles, my feet were killing me, my body was starting to give up. And I had my sunglasses on. I think it was raining. And I was just crying my eyes out, just walking. I was like, I just weren't stopping for nobody, you know what I mean? Because of what he said. It's just a massive inspiration. Oh, yeah. I think that's really important to draw, you know, like, like for us, I mean, I'll speak, I'll speak for you, Ben, but yeah. for us, we draw inspiration from, from you, from the way you, you tell your story and the way you put that forward. I think that's, it's incredibly motivating. Yeah. And, you know, especially, like I said, oh, I've said, obviously, what quite a story for, for someone like me, now, the kind of stuff I've been going through, I, it motivates me to want to pick myself up, dust myself now. off, and, and keep driving forward. Yeah. And I've been doing a bit of that yeah. anyway, but you know, it just makes me want to keep pushing forward. And doing research and you know, the lead build up to this podcast, you know, that's what kept, kept feeding my brain. I've started feeling so much more positive 
recently, just because you are very motivated as a human being, and to yeah. hear you get that, you know, that same bounce of somebody else, I think it's very yeah. powerful. Like it says something about the human condition, really. That if we all were a little bit more like that, yeah. and try to inspire just one other person, yeah. one other person, you know, yeah. how much better would this fucking life be if we all tried to take that approach? Yeah, I'd rather inspire one person heavily than 5,000 people very lightly that I've just released a pop <laughs> single. Depends on moderate, isn't it? Isn't it? Sorry? It would depend on how moderate you that would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get like 14-year-old girls telling you that they've been saved by you, whereas you get real people that have lived real lives telling you, you know, I was going to do something the other day, but I decided against it because, you know, it's circumstantial, I suppose, but... They were the same as yeah, I'd rather go for the one person that Have you ever fired a really yeah. idolised what I was doing. Bloody than... YouTube ads. Yeah. The thing is, though, when you got like like you said about the fourteen-year-old girl and all that, the fourteen-year-old girl that is inspired and moulded at a young age. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I want to help everyone, but yeah. Kids are in, they're influenced so easy by social media. Yeah, the wrong people. Media, people say this, saying that. And I'm petrified for my daughter. You mean what she's got to see on there? But with someone like us giving, you know, be it, trying to be inspirational to at a young age, it could deter them from all that, and make them go into a different path, a stronger path, and a better path. Then, then. Then their kids become like them, and so forth and so forth, and it, and then that way it thins out the shite and the crap, and you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's raising, it's, it's, it's tough people raising kids. You know what I mean? I don't mean tough as in, physically. I mean, I mean just mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a bit more hardened, isn't it? Rather than like you can do whatever you want. It's a bit fluffy, isn't it? When you hear that sometimes, I think. I'm straight. Even with my daughter being four, I'm really straight. I'm not straight, but I'm just straight. I'm like, you know, this is what we're going for. This is you got to try and be the best. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying to a you get a gold medal or don't come home. It's words that affect. I'm saying you aim for gold. You aim for the top. You don't shit on people along on the process. You, you help people along the way. If you see the gold in front of you and you've got someone on the floor in front of you, you pick that person up and push them to the gold. You do it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's that gold medal is not just there for you to kick and stand on people. It's there for you to pick those people up and drag them with you because you all win that. Too many people wax actively trying to push people into the puddles. Of course, that's what that's what people do. Yeah. It's a change. It's like you were saying earlier on about billionaires, millionaires, things of that nature. I think that's that's kind of um, you know where I saw what how Steve responded to that. It's kind of how I saw that. that for people with a lot of money, they like to keep it to themselves and not let anybody in because it's all about stepping on your credit to get ahead when all you care about if all you care about is money, you know that's what you're going to do. You're going to be that kind of person. If all you care about is you know being better than everybody else, you're going to always be that way. If you care about the human condition, if you care about people, if you care about being a better, better human being and a human doing, the money's kind of just a, you know, a condition of the symptoms that you your byproduct. This comes as part of it, part of it. Yeah, you know, it's karmic, isn't it? 
If you truly want to be the best, I think you'll be quite alone at the end of it. And you won't get to enjoy it. You won't get to share it. No, because there's only one way to go. If you go, if you hit hit the top, you can only go one way. That's that. Yeah. You're going to constantly wait for someone to take your spot. I, I would rather be in a moderately good place. Not the best or the worst, but content. Than constantly be looking over my shoulder and the next person coming to take my potato and knock me off my perch. Yeah, people bank on it as well, don't they? They so want to see you Why worry about shit you can't control? It's as simple as that. I'd, I'd rather be on the top, reaching down, pulling people up. Yeah, I love that. yeah that's good. I think, yeah, you know, it says something about my mindset, really, the way I'm thinking about that now, instantly. That I, I, I suppose it's the environment I've grown up in. I've just always seen people stepping on everybody to get to the top. And then there's always that. But the thing is, if, if you get to the top, and people are following you to the top. If you're not on the top, and someone else is on the top pushing people down, yeah. if you're on the top and they're seeing you as an inspiration, if, and you you encourage them to go to the top, you just all you need to do is just stand to the side, let them go to the top as well. Yeah. There's plenty of room for everyone. I love like that. Yeah, there's plenty of room for everyone. Absolutely. So I think I don't know how what, what you're going to title the episode on your on your side of things. But I think I'm going to roll with that. When you get to the top, there's plenty of room for everyone. Yeah. I like that. When you get to the top, when you get to the top, step aside. I think that really does really sum up this this interview, this episode, very much. That that there's real. I think there's a bit of common thing obviously from the answers to our questions, and you know, and again, Steve, really appreciate being so forthright with us as well. Yes. Um, that. It is all about helping your fellow man, and considering you know your, your background, what you've been through, it's really. I think it's more inspiration. It'd be easy for you to be like, like as you were negative and not really wanted to talk to anybody or not really want to open up and express to anybody to make yourself vulnerable in spite of everything you've experienced. Yeah. But the thing is, is I've been through all that pain, all that shit. If I don't share it to help someone, then what's the point of me going through it? Yeah. Might as well. I might as well just die on the first attempt. You know what yeah, I mean? I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so it's so common that people do look that way, don't they? They they, they think to themselves, I don't want to share my pain. I don't want to burden. I mean, I know I was very much that way for a long time. Didn't want to burden people with my experiences because I felt like that's what it was. A burden. You don't always think about actually that your story and your pain could be it could be a medicine to somebody else. Yeah. Your your burden is someone's shield. Your burden is someone's sword. I love that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. There's another title for you. Okay, yeah, I got that. In I like that. Ben, you can have that one. I can't take them all, mate. I can't take them all. I've got to share. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. The copyrighted. Look at him writing it down. <laughs> he can't write, but don't be silly. Yeah. Predictive text. Two text to speak. Well, Steve, look, I really appreciate. We both really appreciate your time tonight. I know we've overrun a little bit as well. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And I hope uh, I hope you get a lot of listeners. I hope it helps someone. Well, if, if nothing else, if no one ever listens to these episodes, even with a channel for this, which I highly doubt, but if that ever was a situation, you've helped two people out here tonight for sure, because I think both of us have shifted. We've definitely considered our positions on things tonight and shifted our run. What we both said, shifted our, uh, our perceptions of things, and that's, that, that's important. That's powerful. If you're up for it as well, at some point in the future, we'll have a catch-up. Tread some ground that we haven't really gone into much detail on in this episode. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You come up to Liverpool and get in, uh, get in the studio. We'll all have a face-to-face, -face, a few beers. Then you'd have to pay postage for the book. <laughs> I love that. That's it, that's it.
from my point of view, that's well, maybe to help well, from, um, the younger generation. From me, I um, I'll, I'll just touch on one thing Go with it being this time of year as well. Um, veteran or civilian doesn't matter, but with Christmas time, it is it can be a lonely time for some people. Um, just so you know, if they want to go onto my YouTube or my social media and message me, they want to chat or anything like that, more than welcome. Um, you're not, no one's alone, ever. Yeah, I love that. Same okay. with us as well, yeah. I think you know, people easily you know, see the Salvation Army adverts that, you know, that, that preach like the Christmas time and dismiss it. But to hear it coming from, I think it's different when it comes from a source who's, who's experienced that loneliness and that pain, yeah, been so in that situation. And um, yeah, I think that's a powerful me, message to give. Me I mean, Steve, I hope you don't mind. I'll probably cut certain segments of this up, and that will be one of them, and post them with sort of little snippets on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And um, I think that's a powerful Pack message. Me in it. And I'll, I'll take it when it will get that out there and uh, make sure people get that message heard because that's powerful. And stuff yeah, tag me in it and uh, just uh, put them on the group chat as well, and I'll, uh, I'll repost them for you. Smash it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank appreciate you very this. much. Really appreciate your time, Steve. So, to, to wrap this up, then, gents, from myself or business, from Absolute Bedlam, Ben Garbutt, and from Veterans Opinion himself, Mr. Steve Nichols. Good night, God bless. Thank you very much. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Take care. Hey guys, got a new Archie Salt ad read coming at ya. So, Bedlam 2021 at checkout for 10% off everything on their website, which is www.archiesoul.com. So, you've probably heard this before, but during the midst of lockdown, I didn't really care what time I woke up, didn't really care what was on my face, didn't read... To be completely honest with you, I didn't even really care if I had a shower. I was not in a good state. And this website has come along, and this company has come along, and it's changed the game for me. It's allowed me to care about what I do, what I wear, what I look like, what sort of pomade I have on my hair. Just, I can't describe how good their stuff is. So we've got Monsieur Barbier, we've got Duke Cannon, We've got American Crew, we've got Anthony, we've got all sorts of products on their website. Check it out, www.archysoul.com. If you use code BEDLAM2021 at checkout, you'll get 10% off everything on their store. The shipping logistics side of things is insane. Um, I put in orders on Tuesday and I get them on Thursday. Company based in Shropshire. Um, yeah, Mark from Archie Soul has hooked me up, so I want to pay it forward, and I want everyone to check it out, and you will thank me later, because this stuff is awesome, and hopefully we've got some new deals coming up soon. But in the meantime, Archie Soul, www.archiesoul.com. Check them out, tell Mark I sent you, Bedlam2021 discount code at checkout. Cheers, guys. Back to it. Hello. Just realised the Archie Soul advert is a bit wrong. 15% off with the code BEDLAM2021. 15% off, not 10%. Ben, you're an idiot and you need to stop rushing your ad reads. Cheers. 
Hey guys, got a new ad read for you. We've got Made Sure Wax Melts. So if you use the code BEDLAM20 at checkout, you will get 20% off. BEDLAM20 for 20% off. So the website for Made Sure is madesure.bigcartel.com. So wax melts to suit every mood, every emotion, every feeling. Currently gearing up for Halloween. So uh, yeah. Handmade wax melts. Get involved. Um, haven't had a bad bit of feedback yet. So there we go. Shout out to Hannah for uh, making the best wax melts in Dorset. Bar none. So made sure. It's Bedlam 20 for 20% off your entire order at checkout. Cheers. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. This show is officially sponsored by Grind Fitness and Sportswear Clothing. This active and healthy lifestyle company hails from Weymouth and Stu I. Check out their website, which is www.grindlimited, which is L-T-D, UK.com. That's www.grindlimitedUK.com. I've recently been given some of their products to test out and it's all been absolutely fantastic and very very comfortable to wear. The base layer doesn't cling to you and you can really feel the quality of the clothing. Get involved and start your own grind today. If you have any questions regarding any of their products please feel free to drop me a message on my Instagram page which is Absolute Bedlam Podcast or drop Clayton, the CEO, a message on Instagram. His uh, Instagram page even is called Grind, which is G-R-N-D. We will be very happy to help you with any inquiries that you have on your way to start your own fitness adventure. Thanks again to Grind for allowing me to promote your products. Right then, back to it. Just to let you know that Grind are currently doing a 25% off everything on their store with my affiliate code, which is Bedlam2021. So that's B-E-D-L-A-M for mother, 2021, which is the year that we live in. Bedlam2021 at checkout for 25% off all products, Grind. Back to the episode. 